This is Israeli Technology Founders Speak, a podcast of conversations with successful Israeli high-tech and biotech entrepreneurs, with your host, Avraham Hermon. Ronan Sobel is the co-founder and CEO of Genoxy an Israeli biotech startup that has developed a green technology to kill bacteria by converting water to hydrogen peroxide on demand using a jet spray that spreads micro droplets on any surface. Avraham sat down with Ronen in the offices of Genoxy in Kfar Sava, Israel, to discuss how to take an idea and turn it into a marketable product, how Genoxy got funded, how they formed their core team, tips for startup founders, and much more. This podcast is a creation of J.M.B. Davis Ben David, an intellectual property law firm serving clients around the world. You have great innovations. We keep them safe. It's not enough to just have a great startup idea or innovation. If you don't legally protect your innovations, products, and brand, anyone can claim them as their own. We keep your great innovation secure. Learn more by going to jmbdavis.com. That's jmbdavis.com. So thank you, Ronan, for inviting me to your offices in Kochav uh, Israel. It's nice to be here. And I wanted to talk to you about Genoxy and how Genoxy is going to change the world. Well, I think that Genoxy uh, will impact the world. I don't know if we're going to change the world, but will impact the world in terms of uh, resistant bacteria, which is uh, a huge problem, mainly in the healthcare, but uh, it's become a problem uh, everywhere. And I think that uh, when it comes to prevention, there, there is a, a, a missing gap in terms of technology that goes to uh, resistant bacteria. Everybody's talking about drugs and developing more drugs. And we look at the prevention. So I think that in terms of the prevention, we are going to impact the medical world and maybe even farther greatly. So tell us a little bit about your product, about what you're intending to do, how to impact the world with, uh, with regard to resistant bacteria. Our product is, uh, is made by two ingredients, water and oxygen. That's it. No stabilizer, no metal, nothing. It's, uh, it's a green product. It's uh, easy to use. It can be used anywhere next to the patient, next to the folks that uh, provide the treatments. And that's going to change in terms of uh, the frequency and the distance that they can apply disinfection, effective disinfection nearby the patient and nearby the healthcare personnel. And that's a, that's a big news because nowadays all the material are based on a chemical, on a technology that, uh, if I can call it technology, it mainly wipes that smell bad. They are not that effective, completely manual. And I think that we are going to change the way that the hospitals, the healthcare institutes can uh, apply disinfection methods nearby the patient. And that's going to dramatically reduce the cases of infection bacteria. So you have a, an apparatus that makes hydrogen peroxide. Well, we have a generator that uh, takes in one end water and oxygen in the room. It doesn't mean uh, pure oxygen. It's air, just air. You have 21% of oxygen in the air. And via a process that we develop that is based only on the electricity, high voltage uh, discharge electricity, 
we turn those water into hydrogen peroxide in a very low concentration. When I say very low concentration, in chemistry they say 100 ppm or 0.01%, which is close to nothing. Still, the efficacy is good enough in terms of pathogens. And, and the material, as I said before, is, is completely safe to use for people, for equipment, for everything. And this is going to be used at first in the hospital setting or in any other settings? That's a, that's a debate that we had. The, the founder of the company, all of us are coming from uh, medical device uh, companies. Mm-hmm. So all the knowledge that we, we established during the, I think that we have accumulating of uh, over 60 years of experience in the medical device industry, in hospitals industry, and so forth. Wow. So obviously we will, we will want to go to where the connections are, where we know people, when we understand the procedure and everything. But having said that, resistant bacteria is not an hospital problem alone. The hospital is a place that people take a lot of antibiotics and drugs, so there are greater chance to acquire bacteria. However, nowadays we saw, due to the COVID-19, the problem that you see on airlines, how to disinfect airlines in a way that between flight, on domestic flight in the US, for example, I was told that Southwest Airlines the plane will park in the gate anywhere between 15 to 25 minutes. That's it. Mm-hmm. So now they need to disinfect the plane because new people need to come on board. So I think that there is a potential to go beyond a medical institute. But as I said, because the founders are coming from medical institute, this is what we're shooting for. So where did the idea come from? Where Where is the motivation for this device to sort of change the current status in disinfecting in hospitals? Well, this is a bit of a story. I was running a company, a different company. I was the CEO of the company that developed non-invasive uh, gear towards what I called wound management. Wound management are a problem with diabetes, wound pressure, blood vessels. This is a problem. It's a growing problem, okay? And one of the things that uh, uh, you can say about folks that suffer from that, they have to come on a daily basis, sometimes even a few times a day, to take off the bandwidth, clean and refresh the wound. And during that time, those folks take a lot of drugs. And I mean a lot of drugs. When you have a wound and you take a lot of drugs, you are probably on the top of the list uh, as a candidate to acquire a bacteria. And I've seen that from, in my own eyes, healthy people go to the hospitals because of the wound and they either die because they acquire bacteria and the antibiotic has no, no, no cure for that. Or they go to uh, a long process of uh, being in the hospitals between life and death while the team, the crew there trying to, to save their lives. And I've seen that and I started to ask question, what's happened? Yesterday, uh, I see, you know, a guy, I don't know the age, but he looks healthy. He looks okay. He had a wound, all right? And a week later, he was gone. So that's that's uh, started the question in my mind, what we can do. And back then, I was still thinking about wound management. Later on, when I realized and I started to learn what's the resistant bacteria can cause and what's the CDC, what's the World Health Organization is saying about this, I understood that there is unmet need here. It's not that sexy, so not there, there are no technology that goes there. And I just knew about that patent that we have about converting water and oxygen into hydrogen peroxide. And um, just before the corona, 
the founders and myself, we decided that let's go for it. I think that there is room for it. Obviously, the corona is a private case of a pathogen. That wasn't the cause of us uh, creating Genoxy. But uh, obviously, uh, nowadays, everybody understands what's uh, a disease and what's a pandemic can cause. And uh, it's just connected. That's it. So I have a number of clients who are trying to deal with this problem of antibiotic-resistant bacteria. It seems that these bacteria are around and they're here to stay. And your approach is, rather than fighting against the bacteria per se, uh, just using something else for disinfecting. What's wrong with the current state of the art? I wouldn't call it wrong because I believe that the awareness is there. And I think that uh, the system, if I may say, the health systems, they are trying to do their best. But there is something that we need to realize. I remember when my uh, my uh, two little boys, they were little back then, every time we went to the doctor, regardless what the problem was, they got antibiotic. All right? Mm-hmm. And what's happened mainly on the Western world, okay, we just simply on the last 50 years, we consumed so much antibiotics and the bacteria learn hard to deal with that. So I don't know if the bacteria is here to stay, probably yes, but uh, in terms of uh, technology that exists uh, in the hospitals, so it's a combination because when you look on a hospital or medical institute, uh, you have what they call the cleaning, you have disinfection, and you have sanitation. And in order to ensure that the environment is uh, disinfect good enough, you need to use different methodologies for the cleanness of the air. In the room, air condition, for example, can be a cause of many of the bacteria, surfaces, and water. Mm-hmm. Genoxy is aiming mainly to surfaces. But as I just said, in order to disinfect a room, you're going to have to use different technology in order to do that. Nowadays, the technology for surfaces is mainly based on human and based on wipes, simply wipes, chlorine wipes that the disinfection employee goes and just uh, wipe, clean and wipe, clean and wipe, clean and wipe. And the perfection or the, the efficiency of that process depends on his motivation. And it's a problem. Mm-hmm. You have experience in a number of startups. What sort of advice do you have for startup founders trying to get their idea off the ground? Well, <laughs> this is a tricky question. I don't know if I have a good advice or a magic advice. We are the founder of Genoxy. We are not that young. I see today that uh, young people, they dream and they dream big. And it's amazing to look from the side and to see, especially in our country, the startup nation country. So I don't know to give you a one perfect answer what to do. Well, you need to, first of all, to add a good idea. Then you need to go and uh, validate that your idea meets a certain needs because by the end of the day, if you meet, a need that exists out there, most likely there is a need, there is a demand for your product. Now, I'm not necessarily saying go and now run endless surveys and spend hours and thousands of US dollars and blah, 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 blah. But learn the market. Talk with people. Be open to listen to the good things that they're saying about your idea, but be open also to say about the bad thing that they have to say about your idea. And continue to believe because it's going to be a a battle, a never-ending battle, until you made it there. 
Can you share with us some bad things they said that people have told you about your ideas? Well, most of the people, when as a startup, most of the answer that uh, you get is no. There are many reasons for no. Some people just simply don't connect to the subject matter. Mm-hmm. Some people, even if they connect, they would like to see maybe something else, something that uh, in their mind. So you're as a, as, as a startup, as a young startup, you're going to hear a lot of no. And you need to diffuse, you need to filter all the no's. Because some of them are relevant and some of them just, okay, you can ignore them. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to stop believing in what you do. Because, well, if you come with an idea, not many, many people had that idea. So you're going to have to convince many of them that uh, your idea is, uh, is good enough. If, if you ask me what are, specifically what are the bad things, we didn't hear bad things, but we're not cyber. We are not mm-hmm. AI. You're not so, in a popular field that, exactly. that, is, that so, is hot and trendy to be invested in. Exactly. So, so, so some of the investors that we speak with, okay, they understand the concept, then they understand the idea, which by the way, in our case, it's very easy to understand. Okay. What's the problem? What's the size of the problem? What, how big of a market it is? It's very easy, but the field itself is not that popular. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are hearing a lot of no or yes, but. Just because of the field itself. In terms of the solution, I think that everybody that comes from that field or even just heard about this, say, this is a magic. You take water and you turn it into a disinfectant. A green material sounds fantastic, but disinfection is not that sexy. So you mentioned that your, your product makes a green material. Hydrogen peroxide being something that's friendly to the environment. It's not harmful to the environment like other Correct. cleaners. How have you leveraged that greenness to your advantage? It's a good question, and I don't know if I can answer it 100%. As I said earlier, the World Health Organization defined the resistant bacteria as one of the top 10 problems in the world. And they put many, many calls for countries, for uh, entrepreneurs to come with solution, and many things like that. As I said that, the UN defined the 17 goals for sustainability, for a nice environment, for health, for food, for all those things. Apparently, if you're looking on what's happened to mother health in the last, I don't know, many years, everybody says that we are going into a disasters because we consume too much, because we eat too much, because we, we do so many bad things to the environment. So not only that we are going to disinfect resistant bacteria, we are not adding another product that is chemical based on production that is chemical based on application mm-hmm. and that meets very nice the the un goals of nice environment clean environment green environment europe for example put targets for 2030 to have x percent of new technology that will be completely green in genoxy we think green we think green about everything we do and our solution just fit the goals of, of, of humanity. Let's talk a little bit about funding. First of all, how do you get off the ground? And uh, second of all, what sort of advice do you have to startup founders when it comes to funding? Well, funding, that's a tough one. I think that this is the biggest challenge for every startup. I must admit that you need to have uh, a lot of luck. A luck is part of it. You need to meet the right people that uh, they are minded to the subject and they are in a position to either invest or introduce you to other people that will invest in that field. 
We were lucky that on, I don't know if to call it the first one, on the friends and family, it was uh, friends and family. So like, like you said, it was easy to convince your friends and family to invest some mm-hmm. just for us to go and I would say test the water, mm-hmm. to go to the lab for the first time. And then meeting after meeting after meeting after meeting, defining, you need to filter who are the target uh, investors that you want. We just met after many, many meetings, the right group of investors that were minded to the subject that I guess they saw us, the leadership of the company as someone that they can partner and they can trust that we can think being, but also deliver. Mm-hmm. And they invest in us some funding. Okay. We will have to go through other rounds in the future because uh, by the end of the day, marketing, especially in a medical device and pharma is, uh, is big money and we're aiming to the U.S. But, uh, funding, funding is not, uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a hard work. It's a hard work and it, it's a daily work until you get it. Okay. You just need to find those people that will believe in your idea, believe in you. And hopefully then it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying that it's also depends on luck, not only on skills. I don't have a formula that I can share right now. Do ABC and you will get there. Right. So you mentioned a bunch of times, uh, team. So you're not alone. You're working with a team. And that seems to be from this conversation, an important part of what you're doing. How do you pick a team and, and how did you guys get together? Well, on my previous roles as a, as a CEO and as a manager, I spend a lot of time on, uh, on leadership. So for me, when I'm saying you need to have the right people on the bus, it's not a cliche. It's, uh, you need to have the right people on the bus. So when, when the idea was, uh, bubbling in my mind, I went to a few people that I know that I thought that, you know, they can contribute like, uh, our CTO, Rafi, is an expert in what he does. And uh, I shared with him the idea and we started to think together. And it was like growing just from a conversation into an idea and from an idea for to a concept and, and things like that. So our CTO is very talented, has a lot of uh, experience in medical device, not only in medical device, but in a medical device. So it was very easy for us to connect. We know each other from before. We worked together before. We have another founder, which is not here today. He was the founder of the incubator in Ramatagolan. So he's coming from a different financing background. And the three of us, we decided to go on. And we had two engineers mm-hmm. and product manager to the team. And now we are six people. We work with other third party engineering and an expert in their field. And that's the team for now. As a patent attorney, I think I have to ask at least uh, how does intellectual property, whether it's patents or trademarks, play a role in your company and from your experience in previous companies that you've been involved with? Well, so speaking about Genoxy, Genoxy was originated around a patent. It's not our own patent. We have a license agreement, exclusive license agreement on the patent or the original patent. Mm -hmm. But since then, we are developing our own IP around the patent, around the core of the patent, and trademarks. In my previous company, I dealt a lot trying to recover some of the mistake that was made because we didn't have a strategy, IP strategy. Mm -hmm. When uh, we originate uh, Genoxy, I wouldn't say that that was the first thing that we did. But once we understood and we raised the money, 
uh, and we understood that we are on a track. I don't know if it's the track, on a track. We went to Jeremy Ben David and uh, we spoke about a strategy. What do we need to build moving forward in terms of trademarks, in terms of design patent, in terms of uh, patents, and in order to protect and to add value, IP value to the company. So I think this is one of the many lessons that I learned in my short life. You need to have uh, an IP strategy and it is as important as your technology, as important as your marketing idea. And the sooner you start, yes, it's, it's, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. But as soon as you start that and you collaborate between your marketing activity and your IP activity, there is a greater chance that you will be protected for some degree. It's not a bulletproof and you will build IP to your company. That sounds good. I'm all for collaborating with technology, between marketing, IP, technology development, R&D all together. I think that's the best sort of model in order to protect and have success, high chances of success for any given startup. It's true. The problem is that uh, startup, you know, every day, every every morning, we wake up in the morning and we go to the bank and we check how much we got. Right. That's the life of the startup. And and many many times it's it's not end, it's or. I will do this or that. It's limited. And, and, right. and yeah, it's, you are very, very limited. And it's very easy. I'm saying very easy. It's very easy. The camera is not here. In but quotes, it's very, quotations, yeah. yeah. It's very easy to say, okay, I'll deal with my IP later because I don't have the funding. I don't have the time. And, and many times I don't have the knowledge. I'm not the expert in that. That's why I go to the expert mm-hmm. and ask for their advice. And this is something that I will advise other founders. Patent is not the most important thing. Like in software, you don't have to have a patent sometimes. Right. But pay attention to patent, to IP, to, to uh, trademarks. Otherwise, you may lose them down the road. So when can we see your products out on the market? We're, we're now in 2022. Well, next, next time we meet, hopefully we'll be able to, to talk about your technology more. And, and when, when can we see that? Well, we envision that uh, uh, in terms of uh, go-to-market, we will be in the market by the mean of 2023. Uh, we plan uh, on uh, a pilot in Q4 this year. A full-blown pilot. When I say pilot, uh, we need to check the efficacy. We need to check because it's a new language. We introduce a new language, okay? For someone that is using wipes and now he's going to use a technology, for someone that depends on the supply chain, now producing his own hydrogen peroxide on demand, on the spot, it's a new language. Mm-hmm. So we need to check the efficacy in one end. How, we, how do we do in the real environment in terms of pathogens? But we also need to understand the human factor. How easy do we save anything for them? Uh, we believe the answer is yes, but it's to be de- to be determined, you know, by the folks that are doing, by the folks that are running those uh, departments in the hospitals. So in Q4 we'll go for a full-blown pilot, hopefully, and everything. If everything goes well, we move to production in mid 2020, 23. I believe we're going to start to deploy some of the first product. And by then, we also need to uh, collaborate with a local partner. So those are the efforts that right now we are looking at. Thank you for taking your time to share with us about Genoxy. Ronan, we appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll be hearing good things from you soon. Pleasure. Thank you. 
That was Ronen Sobel, the co-founder and CEO of Genoxi. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There are many more to come. Do you have a great innovation or startup idea? We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by going to our website, jmbdavis.com. And if you go to jmbdavis.com forward slash startup, you'll see we have a special site specifically made for startups to help startups protect their innovations. Please be in touch with us and find out how we can help you. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode.